0: Hello my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you're all doing well and resting in God's blessings. I want to uh, start again today, continuing with the, uh, you know, about the healing ministry of Jesus. Uh, Yesterday we talked about the compassion of Jesus and the power of compassion, uh, the healing power of compassion and how we can Partake of that compassion. How 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 we can have that compassion flowing through us to touch others. Uh, so we're going to continue to talk about different aspects of the ministry of Jesus. Uh, which is very important for us to study the ministry, the earthly ministry of Jesus, how he healed the sick, how he dealt with people. Because uh, if we learn those things, we can also uh, walk like him because that is the ultimate goal to be like Jesus and to walk like him. But uh, before we go into that, I want to share yet another testimony with you, as I've done every day. And this testimony is from years ago in Argentina i did my this was my first ever crusade in uh, in Argentina uh, in the city of rosario and uh, uh, one night uh, i 'll never forget this uh, I mean that crusade was so powerful we even extended it by several nights and Uh, We had huge masses of people come and people saved, healed, delivered. It was powerful. But I remember one night I I got up to preach and I opened my Bible to Psalm 103. And I began to read from Psalm 103 and I began to read, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, uh, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. And the moment I read that he forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. I was just reading from the Bible. I hadn't even prayed. I was just reading the scripture. Suddenly the crowd, a certain section of the crowd began to scream and shout and people were, I mean, it was totally crazy. So I stopped and I said, what happened? What happened? And uh, suddenly a wheelchair shot up in the air. Somebody held up a wheelchair in the air and this, and people were shouting and the, and I saw this old lady, she was about, well, not old, I'm old too. She was maybe 55, 60 years of age. She came walking through the crowd along with a couple of people with her. And she came all the way to the platform and testified that she had been, her backbone had been severed. Actually, it was broken, the backbone. Her spinal cord had been broken for 16 years and she had been on that wheelchair, unable to move, stand or walk. And when I read the scriptures, The power of God came right over her and in an instant she was healed and she got up and began to walk. You know, beloved, uh, I hadn't even prayed for her, but you know what it is? There is power in the word of God. The word of God is always full of power. Jesus, uh, he, you know, he says, my words, they are spirit and they are life and in john six sixty three that was the he said "My word, they are spirit and they are life and and the psalmist said that he sent forth his word. And healed them. The word of God, my friends, is so powerful that when we read the word, just the mere reading of the word or the speaking of the word of God releases miracles because God created the heavens and the earth with his word. Hebrews 1 says that he upholds all things with the word of his power. Never discount the power of his word and that's why i always tell everybody that we must speak the word of god with our mouths speak the word speak the, speak the word speak it out speak the word over your situation speak the word over the sick speak the word over the people you meet and god is going to do miracles through his word praise god anyway uh, on to our study and uh, uh, yesterday i read from mark 1 uh, 42 42 40 to 42 about the leper uh the leper who came to jesus and and he, he said lord if you will you can make me whole and jesus it said he was moved with compassion and he touched him and said i will be you know i will and instantly the man was whole and uh, i want to read another story about the compassion of jesus and this is from luke chapter 7 verses 11 to 15 and it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called nine and many of his disciples went with him and much people and now when he had come nigh to the gate of the city behold there was a dead man carried out the only son of his mother and she was a widow and much people of the city was with her so here's a he he saw a funeral uh, procession and it was a it was a young man uh, who was the only son of his mother who was a widow so here's this lady she's a widow Uh, in other words her husband had passed away and she had only one child and there was this son and uh, now if you understand how society there worked uh, wives were taken care of by their husbands. And when the husband died, it was always the sons who took care of their mothers. And so now she has no sustenance. Her husband has died. Now her only son has died. And you can, I can just see her walking behind, uh, you know, the the men, the pallbearers carrying the casket or the or the bier, you know, the, the the thing on which they, in which they put the body, and she is weeping. And Jesus happens to see her, and he asks, "What is happening?" And they told her that this is a widow; uh, she has lost a husband, or she has lost her only son, and she has nobody left in the world. And look at the reaction of Jesus. Verse thirteen. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. Hallelujah. That is the compassion of Jesus. When he saw the woman, he saw the widow, he saw her condition, his heart was moved with compassion. And he, and 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 he's first thing he did, he said to the woman, he said to the mother, Don't weep, don't cry. And then he, uh, he he touched the, the, the coffin and he said, Young man, rise up. And the young man rose up, gave him back to her, and says, Mother, beautiful story. So, this is another story in the in the uh, ministry of Jesus. Now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going through not all the miracles that are recorded in the four gospels, but many, many of them just to show you how Jesus did miracles Everywhere he went, everywhere he went, he worked miracles. Uh, Matthew 14 verses 35 to 36. And when the men of the place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. So when they heard that Jesus was there, they they sent news all over the place and they brought every sick person in the region to him and besought him, they asked him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. This is a beautiful, you know, a beautiful uh, scene that 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 took place. They brought all the sick people and they just begged him if they could just touch him and uh, all who touched him were healed. Hallelujah. And uh, let us go to Another scripture I want to read to you, and that is Matthew 19, 1-2, it says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came into the coasts of Judea beyond Jordan and great multitudes followed him and he healed them there. When Jesus went there from Galilee and came to the coast of Judea, it says in great multitude, follow him and healed them there. So you can see it was both individual people who came to Jesus, but there were also these multitudes. Jesus would go to an area and the news would spread that he was there and kind of everybody who was sick in that region would show up to be healed. And, And it says that he He healed them and uh, then in Matthew 21 verses 12 to 15, and Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were so, so displeased. So this is very interesting because Jesus comes to the temple and in the temple what he sees, there's this business going on. People changing money and people, you know, people because people from many nations used to come to the temple and, and, and you know they wanted to change their currency to to the local currency so there were the money changers there and there were people selling doves and, and things like that for sacrificial purposes and so the temple had become a place of business and Jesus came and he, he got upset. He overturned their table and chased them out of there. And he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. So what made it a den of thieves was all the business and the commerce that was going on in the temple. And uh, you know, whenever there's business and commerce going on, uh, where there's the work of God, it, it, it makes the work of God the place where God should be worshipped Into a den of thieves, and that's what he's talking about. It it was the business that was going on there. People make money uh, that turned the house of prayer into a den of thieves. But he said it is a house of prayer, and what made it a house of prayer? We see that in the next verse. And the blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. If it is a house of prayer, then people will be healed. A house of prayer isn't just for prayer, but it's also a place of healing. It's also a place of deliverance a place of restoration. We must remember this, that uh, it was the commerce that made it a house of a a den of thieves, a den of iniquity, but it was the healing power of God, the revealed and the the lame and the blind and the people with uh, sicknesses and diseases being touched and healed. That that made it a house of prayer. So if uh, a church is a house of prayer, it is a house of healing. A church that is a house of prayer is not just prayer, but it's the fact that the power of Jesus Christ is revealed, meeting the needs of the people, and that's what we should aspire for. Praise God. And then, of course, the scribes and the chief priests, when they saw the miracles, they were displeased. They were upset. They were angry, which is is natural. We see that all the time in the Gospel. And then now, Matthew 8, 5 to 11, it says, And when Jesus was entering into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion. There's a Roman army officer beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy grievously tormented, and Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And in the subsequent verses, we see how Jesus spoke the word and, and the servant was healed. But this is a very, very interesting story because this man was a centurion. And um, a centurion is like a, uh, you can say, like a, like a major commanding a company. In in the infantry, a company is about 150 men, Uh, you know, anywhere, yeah, uh, roughly 140, 150 men. That's a typical classic infantry company and is commanded by a major. It can be commanded by a captain, but usually commanded by a major. So a centurion was like a, uh, a commander of a century, a commander of a hundred soldiers. That's what a centurion was. He commanded a hundred men. So you can equate him with a modern day uh, company commander. So, but this guy was a company commander in the Roman army. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, my. It's interesting because the Romans were the oppressors of the Jews, but this man had a tender heart towards God and he he called Jesus Lord. This is unusual that a Roman soldier should call Jesus Lord. Normally these people were very cruel, very brutal, very disrespectful. But he comes to Jesus and says, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy grievously tormented. He said, my son, my servant is paralyzed. That's what it was, uh, sick of the palsy and he's tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And look at what this guy says. He said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, under my roof. But you speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed, because I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes; and to another, come, and he comes; and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. Now, this this man, he understood. Uh, there's a, there's a principle in the military, uh, uh, something called the chain of command. That means that everybody who serves. In, in, the, in the military, and in this case it was the Roman army, is in a chain of command. Now a chain of command uh, goes from the highest uh, authority, the commander-in-chief, all the way down to the lowest private. Everybody finds himself in the chain of command, and no matter what your rank is, uh, except unless you're the commander-in-chief because then you're the supreme commander, but everybody else. You always have somebody over you and you have somebody under you. And so um, when you when you wear the uniform, uh, you know that there's people senior to you who have the right to order you, uh, issue orders to you, and uh, you obey those orders. You carry out those orders without questioning. And also, uh, there are men under you, under your command, and they have to uh, obey whatever command you give them. So that's how uh, the chain of command works from the top to the bottom. So now this this uh, centurion, this company commander or, or major you can say, he, this is what he said. He said, Lord, you don't have to come to my house, but you just speak the word and my servant should be healed. Now he understood that in the military orders are issued by something called the word of command. Word of command now the simplest uh, uh, simplest um, exercise of the word of command is on the drill square you know when the when the soldiers march and there's there's always somebody who commands the platoon or the company or the battalion or the parade, whatever is marching, and he he issues the word of command. He speaks. He says attention, and everybody stands attention. Then he says slope arms, and you shoulder your arms. Then he says by the left, quick march, and you. When he says salute, you salute. When he says halt, you halt. Uh, left turn, right turn, about turn, and everybody, you know, he issues the order and everybody obeys it. Now in the same way. Uh, when, uh, you know, in, in the battlefield, uh, the, the commander, he he issues a command and the men under him obey that. They just have to, it is the way it is set up. And uh, so you exercise authority, you give your orders by a word of command. So this centurion said something interesting, he said, Jesus, uh, you don't even have to come to my house, you, you just have to speak the word and the disease has to go. And then he says because I understand how this thing works because I am a man under authority in other words I have officers senior officers my battalion commander my brigade commander I have senior officers uh, who are over me and when they tell me to do something I do it without questioning that's what he meant and I have men under me and so when I tell them uh, go they go when I say jump they say how high and you know, I said, "Come here." They come here. So he says, "So I understand this authority, this chain of command, this authority thing." And he says, "So I know what he, what he meant was this. I know that you were submitted to the Father, that you were submitted to the Father, and that here on this earth, demons and diseases are subject to you. So you just have to speak the word, and my servant shall be healed." And that's what Jesus did. He, he said, the first thing he said, you know, I have not seen such faith, not in Israel. Because in Israel, many of the Jews, they, you know, they would treat him like, who is he? Who does he think he is? You know, he's healing the sick and all that. We'll, 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 we'll see that later on. But uh, he, he, he understood authority. He understood the chain of command. And that was what impressed Jesus. He says, I have not seen such faith in Israel i mean this guy is a heathen he's a roman he understands uh, authority but my own people don't understand authority and so um, i must say this that it's important for us to understand that uh, understand this because if we want to flow in divine authority uh, and and have power over demons and diseases let me just say this that uh, your level uh, the level of authority in which you flow depends upon the level to which you are submitted. Let, let, let me repeat that again. Demons and diseases will submit to you only if you yourself are under submission. And this is very important. I know many people, especially in the Western world, where we have this attitude that everybody's equal. People look at their pastors and they think, who does he think he is? I know him since he was a kid. And and who is he to tell me? I know the Bible as well as he does, you know, and, and people go to church, but they are not submitted to their pastors. They sit there Sunday critiquing the pastor's sermon. And then at lunchtime on Sunday, they often criticize because they think, they, you know, uh, they know as much as the pastor. Plus, they don't understand the anointing. They think, oh, we are all anointed. Yes, we may be, but there's different levels of anointing. People are in different uh, uh, offices and you have to respect uh, the men and women who God has anointed and placed in authority. Because, you see, as one of my mentors, Pastor Colin Arkard, said to me years ago, he says, You are as submitted to God as you're submitted to the spiritual authority over you. Now, I'm not talking about submitting to abusive spiritual authority because there are spiritual leaders who are abusive. There are pastors who run their churches like cults and all that. Now, I understand, but if you are in that situation, you shouldn't even be in that church. But most pastors I know, 99.9% I know, are humble men of God submitted to God and if you and when you when you are part of the church it's very important that you walk in submission to the pastor and to the spiritual leadership in the church. I do that. I have my own ministry. Uh, I oversee several hundred churches overseas. I pray over with over a million people for salvation every year. But when I'm home in Lancaster, I'm submitted to my pastor. I'm submitted to my home church. Because it is very important because if you are submitted to the authority that God has put over you, uh, then you will have power over demons and diseases. Because you can know everything about faith, about authority, about the power of God. But if you don't walk um, under submission to spiritual leadership, you will not see miracles. I just want to say this to you. I know some of you maybe don't like to hear this because many people, especially in the Western world, have this independent spirit. But I just want you to know it doesn't work that way. You have as much power or I put it this way, the level of power and authority you have over demons and diseases depends upon how submitted you are to the authority that God has put over your life. Praise God. Well, I will stop here right now and we will continue this uh, study tomorrow talking about the ministry uh, of Jesus Christ and, you know, what we can learn from that. But uh, let's do this. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are uh, can hear my voice who are listening to me i ask you to touch their lives in the name of jesus i thank you that father you said you'll bless our food and our water and turn sickness away from us in the name of jesus i curse every spirit of sickness disease infirmity none of these things shall come near them and father i ask you to bless them in in their marriages in their families their their the, the children the husbands wives father and the extended families and friends bless them in the name of jesus Jesus. May their financial needs be met. And Father, in these difficult times we are going through, let them be blessed, Father, because you are a good God and you bless those who are faithful to you, those who obey your word. I thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy in the name of Jesus. Amen. So God bless you, my friends. If you have any prayer requests, you can write to me. Uh, Either as a personal message or or whatever, just write to me and uh, if you have any questions you can write to me. I'd be glad to answer your questions and see you again tomorrow and God bless you.